If you had a tank for your joy, where would the level be right now? Is it overflowing where you just can't stand it? You you can't have any more joy in your life right now? Or is it down pegged at the bottom where the, the light's on and it's flashing to you and the siren's going off like, hold on, we're about to run out of joy. I want to talk to you today about how to boost your joy. My name is Gabe Kolstad and I'm with Westside Community Church. I want to thank you for being here for the Midweek Motivation episode of the Westside Podcast. We're going to talk a little bit about Christmas time and how joy can fill your life. There's a song out there you might have heard called Joy to the World. And in that song, it it just really talks a little bit about how joy can be in your soul and how the fact that God has shown up in our world in such a specific way. Now, I don't know if you're a follower of Jesus, if you're a religious person, if you have some spirituality in your life, but the the Bible teaches that God wanted to enter the world, and he did that through Jesus, through the baby in the manger. And when the uh, songwriter wrote the, the words to Joy to the World, he was thinking about how important it was that God would show up. You might not have had God show up in your life in tangible ways yet, but what if he wants to? What if he's been trying to? What if this Christmas season could be the one that throws more joy into your tank where you end up all of a sudden feeling like you have more than you need, more joy than you need? What would it take to boost your joy? And if you are somebody who already is connected to God, how do you regularly boost your joy? Because you know, as I do, that the joy tank leaks and you need to fill it on a regular basis. So I want to talk a little bit about some practical ways to make room, as the song Joy to the World says, says make room for him. Let everybody prepare him room. How do you make room for God to fill your joy tank? And at Westside this last weekend, we did a little exercise called What If. We were talking about what if God showed up in some practical areas of your life, like your thought life or your relationships or your free time or your money life or your work life. What would it look like if if he showed up and boosted your level of joy, boosted your level of fulfillment in your life? What would it what would change in those things? And so I want to just kind of walk you through some really, really practical things in the next few minutes that can help you maybe to um, end up having more joy this Christmas season. Because it's true that any time of the year is challenging, you know, in our modern world where uh, we're post-pandemic, where we're, you know, it's chaotic, uh, we're all trying to figure things out. It's hard to maintain a level of joy, even if you are, you know, somebody who's got a family at home or you're somebody who's who's in a career, um, it's just, it can be really hard to maintain a level of joy. And I want to give you just a couple of things that can give you an edge when you're trying to make room for God to give you more joy, because it's a real choice, I think, to do that. So a couple of things. Uh, first is to clarify your boundaries. I mean, what are your boundaries in your own personal life? Maybe you have some relationships that are, you know, you've made a real commitment, like maybe you're a parent or maybe you're a spouse. And you've made a real commitment to other people. And so they're counting on you on a day-to-day. And they've kind of got your schedule locked in. They know what to expect. But you need a little more of your own personal time. You need to you need to have some time to fill your tank. And I want to encourage you to clarify your boundaries. Like, do you have a time in the day or in the week or in the month or in the quarter where you actually get to fill your own joy tank? Because there's nobody that can do that but you. You've got to stop and you've got to, you know, plug into the source. 
And you have to clarify your boundaries to do that. In other words, maybe like me, you're a morning person. You'd say, you know, look, in the morning, I got to have an hour. I got to have an hour where I can sit or stand or whatever you do. uh, But I've got to be in that space where I'm just being refueled. You know, maybe that's a morning thing. Maybe that's a noon thing for you. Or maybe that's an afternoon or an evening thing for you. But you've got to clarify your boundaries. What is it that you need in order to stay you know, where your joy tank is filled. Everybody that knows you, everybody that loves you, everybody that you love wants you to be in a place where your joy tank is filled. Nobody wants you to be running on empty. That's not a good place to be. And so it's okay for you to stop and ask and say, this is what I need in order for me to be a person who can exude joy outside of myself. And so clarify your boundaries. That's the, that's the, the most important thing. The second thing is really to clear that time. And, you know, I think of a few ways you can do that. And that is one in the beginning of your day. Now, I just said maybe some of you are morning people. No matter if you're a morning person or not, you've got to figure out how you start your day. So in the beginning, I think is an important thing. Clear some time in the beginning to give yourself some joy. Even if you're a night owl, still, before you get going in the day and start interacting with people and start doing your job and start, you know, uh, really making a difference, you've got to make sure you're okay. And and the second thing is between, between activities. So beginning and between. Between activities, did you know you could insert five minutes between activities, they call it a transition, where you can pause for just a second and take a deep breath, get back in touch with your whole purpose and why you exist as a person and who's giving you that joy, God, how he's breathing life into you. You can just take a second, say a prayer, remember why you're there. They call that a transition. It's so powerful if you can do it well, if you can just stop and reset for a second, let go of what just happened and what you just did and look forward to what's coming. That is powerful. Between activities can be a a, a place where instead of being drained a, a little more, you know, if you think about your joy tank and you think, well, I start out with a full tank, By 9 a.m., you know, I've done so much that I'm at three quarters of a tank. By noon, I'm at a half. By 3 p.m., I'm at a quarter. And by 6 p.m., I'm out of gas. Well, that's probably for a lot of people where they start interacting with the most important people in their life. If you're out of gas by 6 p.m., the most important people in your life might not be getting anything from you. And so it's important to, between activities, reconnect with the Lord, the the giver of joy, so that you can have something to give to those people who are most important. Another place to, to, to carve out some time would be in breaks. And I mean, by breaks, I mean that getaway or even that Sabbath. You know, it's that weekly, monthly, quarterly cycle where you go, I'm going to program in my life time to get away and to go back and reconnect with my ultimate purpose, reconnect with God who loves me so much to make sure I have some joy to give other people. And joy is that non-circumstantial, you know, attitude that comes from knowing that God is in control, that he's got me on a path, that he's providing, that some of the things that I feel like are out of my control are at least in his control. And that's where joy comes from. So I want to encourage you to be a person who makes room Uh, to make room for God in your life. And then the next thing I want to ask you to do is to invite him in. If you haven't figured out how to get God more connected to your day-to-day activities, I think this might be helpful. I mean, one one of the things I love that Jesus said is he said 
that when your whole life is full of light, there will be no dark corners. And I've always thought about that because in my own life, it feels like a lot of times there's, you know, God's shining his light in one area. And I'm like so excited about that. Maybe it is, you know, my marriage is getting stronger or my parenting is good or, you know, I've got my spiritual life is coming together, but then I've got over here something that's left out like my past or my finances or something like that. And Jesus said, if your whole life is full of light, there'll be no dark corners. So how do you invite God into your whole life? And I think you do that one corner at a time. (laughs) You know, you start with the thing that is right in front of you and you say, God, I want you to come into this corner of my life and I want you to light it up that you invite him in. I mean, he is the savior who came this time of the world and he, he was born in a manger. And I know he was a little baby, but scripture talks about how he was also the son of God. And that he came to redeem every part of our life so that we are back in relationship with him as innocent as it was in the beginning, as perfect as it was in the beginning, that we could be totally unhindered in our relationship with our creator, to be in his presence, to know his power, to know his, his fellowship, and to be on track with that mission that he had and that reason why we're here. You know, the, there's five areas that we talked about at Westside this last weekend of what are those things that you could invite God into. We talked, and these aren't the only five, but we talked about our thought life, our relationships, our free time, our money, and our work life. And there might be something else in your life that is, you know, another area. But let me just kind of walk you through how do you invite God, as an example, into your thought life? Because it, for me, a lot of my inner battles are in my mind. And, and you're probably recognizing that that might be true of you too. And so I'm thinking like, if I was to invite God in to my thought life, what would I do? Well, I would pause and I would, and I would start to let what he wants to do compare to what I want to do. And so I would have that moment of analysis and evaluation to go, okay, I, I, right now I want to do this thing and it might be selfish or it might be motivated by fear, or it might be motivated by greed or something that is a less than, you know, a golden reason to do something, but it's a human drive and so it's natural for me. So my thought life might be motivated by things that are just human drives, right? Well, he's got a higher calling for me. And so what if I was to say, but but here's what he wants to do. Because if if I look at my thought life as it is, well, one, it's crowded. My thought life is crowded, especially this time of year. How about you? You got all these things you're planning. You got, you know, people you're trying to figure out how to have a connection with. You're trying to kind of, in some ways, you're trying to get through this season because it can be a little uncomfortable. Um, my thought life is a little bit pressured. Uh, you know, things that other people want me to do or things that I expect for myself, but I'm not sure how I'm going to do them. My thought life is a little bit reactionary, like looking at the pressures of all that stuff and then trying to come up with a way to do those things. That's my thought life. And it tends to just take the joy out of me when I do that. I don't have a lot of joy. I feel like in some ways, it's like God's not really filling me up. But if I allow God to step into my thought life, it ends up being something that instead of being crowded, it's spacious. I got room for another thought. I got room for another opportunity because the God of the universe is with me and he's right here in my mind. He's right here next to me 
And so all of his capacity is now my capacity. And so I can I can have another thought. I can have another opportunity. I can have another conversation. I can have another act. Well, that's a beautiful thing. Instead of being pressured, here's the difference is instead of being pressured, now my thought life is spirit-led. In other words, God's spirit is leading me. If you're a follower of Jesus, you probably know what I'm talking about. That he's he's whispering to you, he's leading you. And so instead of responding or reacting to things that are just pressure or things that you think you have to do, you're listening to the voice of God in your life, the creator of the universe, the one who's weaving all the things together. And so now you're not worried about what you're going to do that might not be strategic. You're thinking, no, he already has this all figured out. So if he's telling me to do this thing, it's the most strategic thing. It's the right thing. So now you got some confidence in your mind. It's a beautiful thing. And as a result, it's purposeful. So now you're living out your best possible life because you have yielded your thought life to the God of the universe. And that brings an incredible amount of joy because you can just rest and relax in the fact that there's somebody at work in you and through you who is in charge of it all. And and when you start to make room in your life for God to come in, as the song Joy to the World says, prepare him room. You know, when you, when you make room for the Savior, the God of the universe, to be a part of your daily life in the practical things, like even your thought life, you can all of a sudden get a smile on your face instead of that worried spirit that's, you know, really not excited about what's coming next. Now you're looking forward to it because God is with you. You, which is the promise of Christmas. Emmanuel, God is with us. And so I want to encourage you this week to take a look at your joy tank. How full is it? Is it overflowing? Is it running out? And if you feel like you need a little more joy in your life, the idea would be invite God in, let him fill those spaces, all the corners. Start with your thought life. What's it like? How could he fill it? Let him in. I mean, there's no harm that God wants to do to you. He wants good things for you. And so this Christmas season, I hope you'll allow God to be the joy giver for you and that you'll just allow him to fill you up so that you're overflowing with joy. When you clock out the next time you're at work, you're still gonna have more to give to the people that you love the most. I hope this has been helpful for you. I hope you'll take this and put it to use this week. And I hope you'll do two other things. I hope you'll, one, subscribe and share this podcast because hopefully this is helpful for you. And if you think it could be helpful for somebody else, let them know about it. And then secondly, why don't you stop by a Westside service sometime in the near future, either on site at our physical location here in the Beaverton, Oregon area, uh, or you could uh, pop by online at westsidecommunitychurch.com. But either way, we hope to see you very soon. We hope you have a great Christmas season.